All right. Cool. What's up, Steve? That sounds good. Yeah. Welcome to the Thomas Pantoja Experience <laughs> podcast. So you're here with a real estate agent in a mortgage lending office, and um, you know you're the you know big one of the big influences in the community when it comes to art and creating community through art. Um, so how does that tie into real estate and mortgage lending? Well, um, the way I see things, or I'm starting to see things as I'm getting into this field, is that I think community is one of the biggest aspects of what makes a neighborhood healthy, um, of what makes a city a great place to live, um, of what, you know, of why people want to live a certain, in, in a certain part of a, you know, in a certain city or in a certain neighborhood. And what you're doing is incredibly important to that because I think without that sense of community or that sense of pride in a, in a neighborhood or in a city, um, you know, that's when you really start to see like neighborhoods go down. Um, and, e you know, even the little things of like just not, neighbors just not being friendly to crime, to poverty, to all the big things. Um, so I just wanted to have you on to talk about your organization and, and you know, why, why you're here in Colorado Springs and what you do. So could you tell everybody about what, you know, what you do and who you are, Steve? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. Um, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Uh, we really are a community-building org, and we like to work in neighborhoods. And we are usually invited in. Okay. Uh, and it could be a school or a community group or a community center or just a bunch of neighbors that are like, hey, we heard, you know, you guys do that kind of stuff. And we're just really concerned about this, that, or the other thing. Or we want to make something or we want to make our parks better or we want more opportunities for our kids or what are we going to do with uh, you know, this situation that's, yeah. that could be a problem. And we don't have all the answers, but we so, sure like to get together and brainstorm with people and uh, see how we can all work together and make our community and our planet a better place. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm happy to be here. That's awesome, man. So what, I guess, what sparked Concrete Cash? Like, what's your background and how did this start? When did it start? And, I mean, what's the big mission or why behind it? why you started this? Well, I'm a teacher and um, both okay. my parents are teachers. So okay. I kind of got a little genetic teaching going on there. And I was teaching at the Bemis Art School, a really nice school. And, yeah. you know, generally parents that have a little more money and they're trying to give their kids all the opportunities, which is awesome. Uh, and we got an invitation, all the teachers, to do a mural down in the bus terminal. Okay, cool. Uh, Downtown same, here? Same bus terminal. Uh, mural has since been painted over, but I was like, <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. So we did a mural. Kids loved it. And a mural project, it brings out the strengths of a group in a way that an individual project doesn't. Uh, and most art teachers, it's, you know, how do you express yourself? How do you learn the techniques of involved in art with a mural project? It's more like, what are, what are we trying to say? What's our big group vision and what can we make that's better than the sum of all the parts? So, I, you know, I've had kids in mural programs and adults that are, you know, they don't paint or sculpt or do mosaic or weld steel. They don't want to do any of that stuff, but they might be incredibly clever yeah. and come up with great ideas and titles and colors. And uh, so that's just an example of somebody that might not have shown in a normal art class that really works great in a mural program. 
and we certainly did start doing murals. Um, and I realized after a couple of years that painting alone is pretty limited. You know, the Colorado sun beats up the, uh, the artwork and on buildings, the paint can start to peel. And, uh, so I did a little research into what makes more permanent, um, murals. And I came up with mosaic and mm. ceramic tile and welded steel and cast concrete. And one of the real neat things that I learned from learning these new arts and crafts were there's a whole world of construction folks that want to help, that want to be engaged. Um, there's a lot of scrap material out there. So we're able to build most of our programs 90 to 95% recycled. That's awesome. Um, and at the same time, the participants are learning trades and skills, real hard skills. So uh, that's kind of been our jumping off point. And now we do a whole range of things beyond public art. We do gardening and landscaping and music and uh, all kinds of community resiliency programming. That's awesome, Steve. That's really cool. Um, so how long have you been around? Uh, I moved to town in 1980. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just about to turn 60. So I've been doing it for quite a, quite a long time, and I've met a lot of amazing people and really learned a lot. That's one of the nice parts about my job is I don't know everything. I don't have to know everything. Uh, we, we like to make a vehicle or a situation where people can share their skills, mm -hmm. whether there's some vets that are just coming back into the community after, you know, finishing a tour or whether they're seniors that are doing things at the senior center and meet us, uh, or whether they're teens in some kind of alternative program. Everybody's got skills yeah. and let's share them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so I mean, have you had any resistance from like neighborhoods or cities in, in what you're doing or is everybody pretty welcoming and how, how have, how has some of your art, how do you think it's kind of made an impact or made an, you know, how, how has it built more community or how has it inspired people to take more pride in their neighborhoods or their city? Uh, I think initially there was a, we did encounter some resistance and, you know, there's always going to be people that are not happy with things that you do. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember our first project, people were real afraid that maybe what the kids came up with was going to be very inappropriate. Uh, obviously, we ran a program. We helped the best ideas come forward. But before we had five or 10 or 100 projects out in town, like now we have 800. Wow. That's when awesome. we had zero, it was, you know, I could see how it was a little scary. And we had this one community meeting, and uh, I remember there was a couple of people, I don't know, the kids, and these are troubled kids, and they're going to do a bunch of bad things on the walls. And it kind of could have gone either way. Like, the mood in the room was a little bit sketchy. Yeah. And uh, this guy, Quincy Aragon, stood up, and he gave the Quincy Aragon, I have a dream speech. Nice. And he's like, kids need a chance. And like, I was that kid and I was not doing great. And then some people gave me a chance. And now I got this big job at Colorado College and I'm awesome. a pillar of the community. And everybody was, you know, there wasn't standing ovation, but it was, it was basically the mood completely changed. Like, yeah, I'm with that guy. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was a really neat thing to see. And you do need those community advocates to get up there and, and sing the praises of the program and the potential and, you know, even say like, Hey, yeah, maybe this is a little bit of a risk, but 
if things don't work out, then, you know, we go from there. But let's let's invest in our kids, our seniors, our vets. Let's invest in our community. Yeah. And that have you seen, I don't know if there's, I don't know if you have any studies or even just looking around, like, in the neighborhoods that you work in, has there been any, I mean, I guess, what am I trying to get at? How, like, how has your projects built a sense of pride in certain neighborhoods? Because, like, I think some of the projects that you've been involved with, involved in with have been in some of, his, of the historically kind of oppressed neighborhoods in Colorado Springs, some of the ones that have had a rough history with crime, violence, um, you know, even things stemming all the way back to, like, redlining districts where, you know, people of, you know, color couldn't live in certain parts of Colorado Springs how has maybe your projects like in Hillside or Cadeland um, built pride or, or what have you done in those in those communities to really show the history and the heritage of, of those neighborhoods and how it, how it, how has that helped them, I guess, is what my question is. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think it, it helps. And uh, uh, there's lots of studies out there, and we even have some of our own studies mm. um, that show how much it does help. And the one thing that I, I really want to get across to folks, too, is uh, you don't go into a neighborhood and work with neighbors and do a mural and, like, it's done. Yeah. It's a constant series of connecting with people and keeping the ball rolling and, wow, that was fun. What's the next thing that we want to do? And there are a lot of strengths in being a community-built project. One, the budget usually is really, really low. And I'm not saying that, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the city came up with a lot of money for <laughs> these kinds of programs? Sure. But it's not a horrible thing that they don't because it really uh, helps things be community-based. Uh, we couldn't do what we do if people aren't baking muffins for us and, you know, Fred Martin from Rocky Top's not coming by with his backhoe once a month. And, yeah. Uh, the folks at the Habitat for Humanity Restore aren't like, oh, my God, your program's great. Whatever you guys need here. Yeah you know, go for it. Awesome. And I could go on and on and on about our community and business and just neighborhood sponsors and supporters. Uh, but they're, they're happy to do it because they know they're making a difference and they know there's not a huge amount of money going through the org. Uh, we do do practice wage equality. So all our staff mm -hmm. make about the same and I'm pretty proud of that. That's awesome. Um, I am the executive director, so in a way it would be like, yeah, you know, the wage equality means I'm not making $100,000. But that's okay because yeah. uh, I have a great life and I'm happy uh, to share the parts of my job that I don't like as much as other parts and have people do that and pay them for that. Uh, so we do make some money. We do charge. Uh, if a school or community group brings us in, we do charge fees, but they're sliding scale. Yeah. And then for every participant, the program's free, whether it's at a school or a community center. And I think as you were alluding to, we've done a lot of stuff in Hillside and K-Land for free for mm. many years. Uh, Hillside Community Center called us like 30 years ago and said, wow, we got all these kids for spring break, but we don't have any money. Can you do something? And we're like, yes, we can. Yeah. So it's been a long-term relationship with them. Uh, and it is a relationship. So even though they haven't paid us for things, uh, currently we do a music jam Tuesday evenings oh, at awesome. Hillside Community Center. Nice. Um, and it's I'll really great. So, you know, if we were renting that, what would that be? 200 bucks every Tuesday night? Yeah. No, it's all free for us. So um, there's lots of ways that they help us. We help them and, uh, and help the community. That's awesome. I mean, I, I know one thing 
that I've been really thinking about lately, you know, with with your organization particularly is the Helen Hunt playground at the end of my block. Um, I mean, I, I've, you know, moved into Hillside like three years ago. So it was, you know, it's, it was pretty good shape and it continues to, you know, get, you know, I guess better. You know, people are flipping houses and it's, you know, cleaning up some, but I, and knowing the history of that neighborhood and how rough that neighborhood was back in the day, I think what you did there to establish that playground I mean, it's really powerful, and it's a really powerful message to say that, you know, you as an organization can come in, rally neighbors, build connections, build community that people aren't strangers. They're starting to talk to each other, starting to know each other. Uh, I know, you know, Gerald from down the street. Yeah. yeah him and um, Isaiah. Isaiah, you know, you know, they have that pride in that park. You know, that's that's part of their their home, their, their, you know, yeah. their, their neighborhood. It's not just a park, you know. The city just pop, propped up, but it's something very unique and something very special and something that, I mean, speaks to kind of like what we were talking about earlier, making those, you know, building those connections and, and, and taking pride in something instead of just letting it be a, an, an empty lot or just something, you know, unproductive there where, you know, I don't know, kids could play around in, in dirt or rocks or whatever was there before, but now there's something that, you know, the whole community enjoys and they built it and it's theirs. And I think that's just so fundamental to, you know, you know, it's going back to real estate and the doc talking about neighborhoods. Like, you know, I mean, when the city builds neighborhoods or, you know, developers build neighborhoods, unless there's like really an HOA involved, you just see that, you know, they're just there. And then sometimes people, you know, you start getting more renters and owners and people stop taking care of their houses and all these things start crap cropping up where when an organization like yours comes in, it really puts a heart in that neighborhood and puts a heart in that community. And I just think that's a really, a really beautiful thing, Steve. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> we, we sure have a lot of fun doing what, what we're doing. And I'm glad you brought up Helen Hunt Playground. Uh, yeah. We do a quarterly restoration. Hey, brainstorm, what are the next steps? And our next one is June 11th. Nice. Nine to noon. That's so, my birthday. Oh, well, you are invited <laughs> to come by, bring some anything, snacks, and just to help us out. I know we're going to be moving a lot of mulch in okay. and putting up our shade pavilion yeah. uh, that we built there. Um, and I, I just love all the community components of that. Um, just folks like yourself have helped out. There was a guy that, that worked for a uh, park playground material, uh, fabrication place. And he got us the shade material for that. Like, oh, oh this awesome. is like leftover and you're still going to have to sew tabs. But it's like, yeah, it gave us like $200 worth of material. Yeah. And, uh, then we have foundation support that helps to pay for our our quarterly cleanup. Um, that is the Legacy Foundation. Okay, and that really helps. But it's also you know the folks at Switchback and the Hillside Advisory Team and uh, the folks at Hillside Connections and Food to Power and that kind of the whole community comes together and helps out uh, business sponsors as well as just showing up to grab a shovel. Awesome! Awesome. So is there, are you just kind of like in the downtown Manitou area or are your projects all over the Springs or what does that look like? You on the, do stuff on the north side, east side, or how does that, what does that look like? Well, we really want to go places where we are going to fill uh, a need. And so typically we say that there are underserved communities out there and We'd much rather go there where people are going to be like, wow, I have never done anything like this. This is so cool. I'm learning a lot. You know, this is fun. Yeah. Uh, so 
I will uh, uh, authorize projects to happen at, uh, you know, nicer, wealthier, you know, Colorado College kind of places. Um, and we just ask that they pay kind of our full costs so that the money, whatever profit we make, goes back into the co coffers. Um, having said that, 90% of our program are at schools that are Title I schools. Mm. Um, we do a lot in the southeast and the downtown and the west side. Uh, we do do a little bit up north, um, but not as much. Again, the schools are just funded better, and yeah. they, they, kids have more opportunity. Um, we've done about 28 programs at Fort Carson. Wow, on, on base. On base, yeah. That's awesome, really cool. Yeah, which is like takes a huge amount of effort because uh, if you're not a military personnel, you got to you know, apply months early and, you know, it's, it's tough for us to get a lot of volunteers on because for security reasons, they make it tough. On the other hand, talk about a population that actually is underserved. Hmm. I never um, thought about that. I hadn't thought about it until we first were invited on post. Um, and you realize, wow, those kids, they have a tough life. Hmm. You know, their parents are getting deployed and it often is parents. It can be two parents, getting deployed um you know it happens that they lose parents to combat yeah um and then just constantly moving around and being raised this year by a grandparent and that year by an aunt um and if if you don't actually lose a uh, mom or dad you know somebody that has yeah so that's tough yeah so we've really enjoyed working doing those military programs and we really try to do something really, really cool, but also make it fun, 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 because they need more of that. Yeah, for sure. Now, that's really awesome, man. I mean, because, I mean, all of our military bases, and especially like in the south, southeast part of Colorado Springs, Fort Carson is so fundamental to the community down there. And, yeah, like I never thought, you would never think, oh, well, they probably just got it okay, like the government pays for everything. But all the things that you're bringing up, like being disconnected from their parents, maybe not having good schooling, you know, not having someone to teach them those, some skills that they could take into the, into the work world um, is a really great idea. I mean, that's, that is super cool. I think that's a really interesting thing you're doing to connect, you know, not just in Colorado Springs, but with the, with the military and, and how you can connect and make community with them, even though they're probably more likely going to be transient through our city. They're kind of come in and not maybe establish roots here, but to just to have that, just touch their lives in that way. That's really beautiful, man. That's we we cool. were pretty lucky because we have a friend, Ramona Lapsley, who's taught at one of the elementary schools on post, uh, Mountainside Elementary. And we've done about 10 projects there. Oh, wow. 10 yearly programs. And she really tuned into that, uh, kind of what those kids need. And, and it's, it's funny, Thomas, because you go in there and the kids are like, I mean, externally, they're really well behaved because they yeah. are military kids, you know, right, right, like right. line up, you know, say this, respond with that, yeah. um, which is pretty easy when you're teaching because there's, you know, they, they kind of know the rules. Um, on the other hand, they don't get much of a chance to get a little wild and crazy and creative. Mm. And Ramona does really foster that in her art program. Uh, but we bumped it up to the extent where we're making these 40-foot giant marionette puppets. That's cool. Uh, they, they're acting as engineers and designing and engineering little models that then they blow up to, like, larger than life size. And yeah. sewing with wire, and they're bending 
metal and little jigs that we've built on post. So now they need those kind of opportunities where they can really stretch and imagine that they've got all this potential in their world. Uh, so we, we're, we've been happy to collaborate with her and some of the other organizations on post. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Um, do you have any other uh, big projects coming up or some, some cool things you'd like to pitch to my viewers out there? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, our big one is the Concrete Coyote Park. And three years ago, we got a chance to uh, purchase an old concrete and asphalt par uh, uh, site that mm. had also been a dump for those materials, waste materials. And no one's done anything with it for 30 years. Wow. And we bought it three years ago. Uh, we got a federal community development block grant to buy it, which was really cool. Um, I thought there's no chance we'd get that. But they based it on the 20-plus years we've been working in, in the Hillside community. And they said, yeah, you guys are going to have the opportunity to do, like, 20 more cool years. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they loved their idea idea there which is to build a community park designed and built by the community and we've hosted 990 free community classes there that's awesome yeah so i would invite all your listeners to come and help us out uh, we love having folks from the neighborhood and we got a really super group that's activated but we have people from around the city come and help out too and hey all the help is is good and all the help is great we do really uh, listen to the neighbors probably more than any other folks. And yeah. we had 80 community meetings before we uh, started working on it at all. 80? 80. Wow. And, you know, we had some big ones at Hillside Community Center and some other places. Um, but we had a lot where we just went to somebody's house and he invited every, all his neighbors from the street. And so we have a pretty good template for what the neighbors wanted. And we're just following that. And it's basically, hey, let's clean it up. Let's make it safe. Let's make opportunities not only to learn but for people to share skills. Uh, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. And where is it at, Steve? It's 1100 South Royer. So Royer and Las Vegas come together. Uh, and if you're at that intersection and you look around, uh, you just might see a 22-foot steel hammer <laughs> I love which that. is right at the entryway welded by one of our volunteers very cool very cool man yeah well i mean i really appreciate your time i really appreciate you coming in and talking to me just about you know the whole sense of community that you're trying to build in colorado springs and especially you know in the downtown neighborhoods and the southeast uh neighborhoods and you know really given this um you know, just well, I mean, the biggest thing I think is just giving those kids an opportunity to express themselves, learn skills, connect, and then building that community in these neighborhoods. You know, when they, you know, like the K Land mural, I love, you know, I and mean, what, a, what a cool thing for that neighborhood. What a, you know, fundamental, um, what am I trying to say, just aspect to what their heritage is and the pride in that neighborhood and like a lot of things that people might not know or recognize in in k land but that, that there there is a history there and then there's a lot of great history there and there's you know people that really stood up for civil rights and activists and community leaders that came out of that neighborhood and at a hillside and out of mill street and all the Absolutely. other neighborhoods that you you know serve in and i think you know bringing that up i mean you'll see statues of certain people downtown like the big historical yep. colorado springs figures but like the little unknown ones you know 
they had a big influence in this city and for you to bring it up and, and to display that with, you know, by connecting with the neighbors in these communities is, is beautiful, man. It's amazing. I love it. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because we actually didn't work on that mural. Oh, okay. Sorry. But, Scratch that. But that's <laughs> a, a D Smith and Jennifer Smith and some other folks put that together. And it was kind of through that mural that I, I was like, wow, who did this? This yeah, is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And okay. that I did meet D and D is now working for concrete couch part-time awesome um and he and jennifer have one body ent entertainment and they do a lot of great community support work and we've been helping them out and they've been helping us out so uh, again it gets back to those things you were talking about just all the connections and uh we we uh have more murals like that that we're hoping to to collaborate together on well that's awesome steve well i guess um do you have anything else to tell to tell the listeners out there, my man? I uh, just really appreciate you doing this, Thomas. Uh, you know, here you are a business, but you kind of see the connections with community. Huge. It doesn't, you know, why is business separated from doing great things? Uh, so it's just wonderful that you do this, and thanks for the time, man. Yeah, no problem, Steve. Well, thank you. Bye.